Hey everybody, welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. And for those of you that are subscribers and uh, routinely tune into this, I apologize. I've been away for just a little bit. While there's no excuses for that, I do want to say or preface this or frame it with the fact that I've got a lot going on. I've mentioned to you uh, some of the things with both my professional career, um, I work a full-time job in corporate America. I've got courses and programs that I am actively uh, finishing up to get out, kind of rushing some of them to market. Um, I also do consulting. So my consulting business ramped up and some of the organizations that I work with, I actually got a couple um, gigs or key uh, clients that worked out really good. So you can imagine between the corporate job, between my consulting, and between my um, individual clients that I see, I've been extremely busy. Add to that, we are working on getting our house uh, updated and remodeled. Uh, we're shooting to get it on the market sometime early next spring or so. So with all of those things going on, we are very busy. Uh, those of you that tune in also know that I'm an investor. So between my business and between my active investing with real estate and things of that nature, I stay very busy. So, um, but I love it. I absolutely love being busy. I am a progress freak. I actually like have an issue if I'm not feeling that I'm constantly making progress in life I get almost downtrodden so I'm constantly like looking for that next jolt of progress a new uh, mountain to climb a new um, undertaking to to begin so um, I'm actually looking at do I want to do another master's degree um, and knock it out real fast and then go into my um, doctorate or am I just going to dive right in? So, and then with that, I've began looking at some different schools, trying to determine if I want to do a professional doctorate degree or if I want to do a PhD. Um, so just real quick, the difference would be PhD is a little more research-based theoretical, like you're researching and kind of coming up with new things, um, new theories to expand on maybe pre-existing things. Uh, mine is hopefully gonna be focused on organizational leadership, um, organizational development and change models for organizations. Um, so we would come up and expand on pre-existing things. Um, you all know that I've been a huge uh, believer and always expanding um, on Abraham Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs and how that kind of plays into both personal and professional life. Um, and then, of course, all the other people that have added, uh, Frederick Taylor, all the different people that have added to what we do, um, learning how we can get the most out of individuals and how, how we get the most out of them by allowing them to progress to their highest extent as an individual. And then of course, a, a more of a professional, like a DBA or something, a doctorate in business administration or something along that level, 
would be more practical. How do you take what's already there, the models that already exist, and really apply them? So it's a little bit more practical approach to actually utilizing the knowledge, putting it to work. So I don't know. Both of them interest me a heck of a lot. So we'll see how that turns out. And I, of course, will keep everybody updated on my progress uh, as I continue to further my own education. So one thing that I want to expand on here, and, and I think it's very important. We talk about communication being the way that we communicate, that we share our ideas. So, you know, everything eventually, everything originally originates as a thought, right? And we talk about how we have thoughts as either visual pictures or, you know, maybe it's a verbal thing that we hear an auditory or a visual. And then we share that typically verbally with other people. And then they take that information and they contort it to create their own thoughts, right? So if I, I can say something and someone else can take it in and I maybe had a different desired meaning, then they actually got it, right? So there's the sender and the receiver. And a lot of times the message gets turned around between those two, or it could be a mess. Uh, uh, I'm sending to a large group of people and they could, all the people could have different meanings of what I gave out. So what I wanted to expand on that real quick is just to explain how by the use of listening to certain key words, we can understand how people have build their own internal representations of things. Um, we've talked about that before. If they tend to be more visual, more auditory, um, or even more feeling, more kinesthetic. But then to add to that, there's also levels. So what I always use, I use business as frames. The difference between, say, a vice president and a manager is going to be drastically different, even though they may have the same comp, they may work for the same company, they may at some point do the same task to a certain extent. And even that vice president could have originally been a manager. When they begin speaking to each other, typically they're talking at different levels. Um, sometimes we'll call this chunks or layers, but a good example. And it's the same as micro, macro. It's it's all the same. It's just different words. But a manager might equate hard work with effort, like physical effort, uh, number of hours spent doing something. So when they say we're, we're working really hard, there's a couple things in those sentences that we have as communicators have to listen to. So hard hard is very interpretive, right? That leaves a lot up to the imagination because your definition of hard, my definition of hard can have drastic different meanings. Um, sometimes we'll call those lost performatives, meaning that you're performing. So I could say fast, slow, hard, soft, um, you know, long, short, all these things. It's kind of a performative word, right? but we have to have some sort of reference. And a lot of times it's just an internal reference because the sender has left up a lot to interpretation. So the receiver is using some other reference point, 
right? So if I'm saying, man, I worked really hard, I might go in and have to find my reference point of being when I used to do that 20 years ago. I, I, you know, I, I, so it leaves a lot up to to the receiver to sort of interpret it. And then even more detailed though, is when you get into that and realize that the other person at a higher level, they may be more result focused. So when they say working hard or achieving or making progress, they may look at it more from a very higher level of, are we making profit? Are we moving forward and with training with things like that, right? They're looking at the purview that they have over a larger group, but then even higher up. So you might have a vice president or CEO. They may be looking more at contractual drivers or, um, you know, client retention, client attrition rates. Are we gaining and losing clients or business? Um, they're looking at things differently. So the words that they hear are related to the level or their perspective, right? If I climb a tree 10 feet, or let's say if I'm on ground level, my perspective of the landscape is ground level. I'm an hourly employee. If I climb it 10 feet, I'm seeing it from a different perspective, right? I can see higher up the org chart. Now, if I go up 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, and then all the way to the top of the tree, all those different vantage points viewpoints are going to allow me to see things differently. It's going to change the way my perception is of the organization. Even though we're all in the same landscape or we're all within the same organization, my viewpoint is going to be different. But at the 10 foot viewpoint, I might know the ground level because I was an employee or an hourly. And then I'll know the 10 foot because I'm a manager, but I have no perspective or even reference point of what the 30, 40, 50 and top viewpoint is. So a lot of times it creates a barrier of communication. Now this can be used in the reverse because when you're speaking to somebody and you start to realize that there's something not getting across or someone's getting more upset than it seems like they should be, you can begin to stop and realize that they're using different reference points. They're seeing something from a different point of view. So as a higher up manager, if you realize that someone's getting upset and you're talking to a subordinate, it's because they're seeing it from a different view. And from their viewpoint, they're trying really hard, right? So they're saying, I'm, I'm working my tail off. I'm doing all these things but to you, they're not achieving a specific desired result, maybe monetarily, whatever, whatever your definition is. So you have to be able to then realize and to go down to that lower level, not necessarily to get caught up and mired in that lower level, but to go down to that level to find points of reference, to then allow the person that you're speaking to to first make a connection, right? Build rapport, make a make a human connection, and then build a frame of reference for what you're speaking about so that they can begin to understand, and then you can help them ascend, climb, right? To see things from a higher point so that they can then understand the landscape or the point that you're making from your viewpoint. 
So I hope that made sense. You know, I really wanted to just drive that home so that people understand how important it is to communicate with people and to use the word. So like, you know, if I'm using things like always, never, um, those are definitive words that are probably not true, right? So that's a, you know, I'm taking a <coughs> word like always, and it may just mean typically or often, but see how these words don't have, they're just too broad. So a lot of times we have to narrow that down um, or open it up. So if I say never, it might not really be never or always, may not always be always. So those are, those are big words too that people have to realize that they use and that will cause a lot of confusion. Same thing if I say, you know, I feel like you're bringing all this negative energy or you're bringing... Um, you know, a lot of you're, you're, you're coming into work with a lot of, um, pent up anger or these different things that people, when you talk about it, you're kind of turning a verb into a noun or even the reverse a noun into a verb. Like when you say you're bringing anger or you're bringing negative energy or something, you're talking about it like it's something that you're bringing in, like like I have it in a bag and I brought in my negative energy. Here it is. When really those things are feelings or actions or things that convey what you're perceiving, their, their actions or their words or their you know behavior is conveying something that you are perceiving as negative. Um, so you have to understand how to use your words intelligently to explain something because otherwise you can see how quickly and how easily things get misconstrued depending on who's saying what and who's hearing what. So these are all just examples of what we do when we go into a company and uh, how we work on making sure that there's clear, effective communication. We use the four pillars, right? that we talk about all the time to create a framework for people to, to communicate, to break down silos. You know, we start at the top, we break down silos or barriers of communication between operations, between marketing, between finance. And then we go down and down and distill this or filter it down to the hourly employees at the, at the bottom of the company. And we do that by grouping things so that people can grasp them, right? People, process, product, promotion. The people that do the stuff, the process by which they do it, the product or service that they offer by the people who are making it, the process they're doing it, and the product or, pro or service that they're creating, and then the promotion, the way we promote it. Um, we break, that allows us a framework to break things up and chunk things into different sizes and different areas, different buckets. Um, but hopefully this has made sense. The last thing I want to touch on is, uh, how as a, uh, company we break this in. So the difference now is we're talking about language, which has a lot of different meaning when we jump over to finance 
finance and numbers has a finite, right? Like there's exact numbers, exact things. So if I say one, it's one, right? It's a, it's a number. So this is a, something I saw recently. Even in sports, right? You have to have specific constants when you're looking at even like a little league game. There's an exact amount of time in each quarter. There's each, you know, basket maybe makes uh, a free throws one. Uh, uh, normal uh, basket is two. And then if you shoot past the free throw line, it's three. Those are exact, right, numbers. And you know because they're the, the areas of the court that you shoot from are defined, the number of points you get for that basket is defined and you're awarded those points within a certain time frame of that game and once the final game is over the points are tallied and um it's a definite win or loss based off the numbers so finance is that way in a company you have to ensure that you're working a, a, a finance department, accounting, they all have to be using constants to ensure that everything remains the same. That's why you never change your reporting um, style mid-year, right? That would throw everything off. Um, now, the difference where we get a little bit, so there's financial accounting, which is what we use. We hear GAP, right? And GAP is basically an acronym that just says, these are like generally accepted um, accounting principles or practices. Like this is what we've all agreed when we're looking at financial statements, right? The ones that we would give to external investors or stakeholders, right? Like your balance sheets that look at your assets and liabilities or your income statement or your cash flow it's showing very specific numbers in a specific time frame um, and it's also set up so that we can compare apples to apples if we're looking at other companies and then you have even more refined ways of chunking that right so we talk about um, EBITDA right earnings before interest in taxes or depreciation um, because what we want to do is different companies if you're a real estate company you might have a lot more depreciation that you write off or if you're um, companies that have to have large amounts of inventory you might have a lot more uh, credit lines um, so there's all these different variables and we have to have clear ways of sh comparing. So I might want to compare a real estate company to a finance company or a finance company to a uh, hospitality company. So by extracting some of that data out and pushing it away, I can just compare company to company based off revenue or based off um, different numbers, right? That way it doesn't look like, well, wow, this real estate company is a lot more profitable. Well, not really, not from a cash flow basis or not from an income basis. It's just because they're able to depreciate so much and write that off against uh, income or different things, right? So I don't want to get too in the weeds, but that's so that the SEC says this is how you have to do your accounting. 
<clears throat> internally, we'll have managerial accounting. And that is a way for finance or accounting to provide the operators with metrics that can help them make moves daily, weekly, monthly, right? So we wanna look at things like how quickly are we turning over our inventory? Um, what's our attrition rate? Um, you know, what's our, what's our margins? So how can we manage the middle, top line, bottom line? How can we manage the middle to increase our margins? Things like that, right? So that's where it's different reporting different verbiage, different language, different numbers, because you can have a company and let's say they end a quarter, they'll have one representation of the numbers based off their financial accounting that they're going to give out externally, but they'll actually have different number representations for managerial purposes. And oftentimes they can look different, right? They say numbers don't lie, but you can make them say anything you want. So this is another example of how we're using something to communicate, but we have to make sure that we're very purposeful with defining. So in finance, it's gonna be defining the timeframes, the numbers, the, 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 the constants, the things that don't change, right? And with our words, then we have to, uh, when we're communicating operationally a lot of times, we have to make sure that we're using defining things as constants so that people can know and understand what we're saying. So I have to go in and make sure that someone I'm talking to knows and understands when I'm saying always or never or sometimes or often that what I actually mean by that, that I probably don't mean always, but I just mean like this, this is happening too frequently. Um, we have to define things, right? Uh, so hopefully this made some sense. Um, this is why we do so much business in the uh, public and private sectors with businesses because there is such a breakdown of communication, such a breakdown, even between finance people, right? It'll be hard for people to know and understand what the numbers are saying. Even between operations, it's hard for operator to operator, but then even between the different departments that support the whole operation, there'll be barriers. So we, we basically, I'd say 75 to 80% of our time consulting is breaking down communication barriers and rebuilding a framework that allows all the people to use the same language. Kind of like the Tower of Babel. You have these massive companies or even small companies and you have people speaking different languages. All we do is go in and get everybody on the same page, speaking and reading the same language. So, hey guys, I hope this helped. Hope it made some sense. If you wanna get even more deep into this, check us out, Lessons in Leadership. We're everywhere and anywhere you might wanna look. Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Check us out. Appreciate everything that you all do. I really do. I love you all. I do this because I care. If you care and you want to help support us, hit that like button, subscribe, share it as much as you can. And do me one last favor, get off social media and get to work.